So welcome to Emmanuel's Manual, and today we have a special guest. She's a female friend of mine, who I know from the internet, and she's actually a really brilliant person. But I'll let the talk. Oh, that's、thing. so sweet! Oh, that's so sweet! That's how、Say、we interact with each、so、other. Say swear word, you're so sweet to me. This is abnormal to me. <laughs> abnormal, but okay. I treat you well. Okay, go on. Go on. Since when? Since, Since today? When? Not today. <laughs> Since when you treat me well, bro? I carry your bag when we hang out. Okay. Okay. Sure. Okay. You know what? Okay, that's true. <laughs> That's true.、Okay. Thank you for carrying my bag. All right. Thank you. Appreciate that. A real friend do that for each other. Like, if you have a bag, um, you know what? I'll probably not carry it for you anyway. <laughs> yeah, because you know, and then you'll be like, "It's a man's job to carry the woman's bag." I'm like, okay. Okay, I'm not saying it's a man's job. It's like that's what gentlemen do. Don't you want to be yeah. a gentleman? Yeah, like, you literally like shove things you know? in my face and be like, um. <laughs> okay, in my defense, in my defense, you know, I would uh, in my defense, I was going shopping and like, you cannot carry bags when you're shopping because otherwise you don't have the energy to go shopping. So it's. Basically, not my problem. So basically, it's wise. Didn't、choice. you? Didn't you? Didn't you have fun shopping with me though? Like、yes. you gonna admit? Like yes, it's fun. Or else I'm not gonna you know go out with you at all. So yeah, bruh. But it's funny. Okay. But it's funny. It's funny to mention like because I never see a girl that you know will say like please carry my bag. Cause, cause that, cause that would be a gentleman. Cause that would be what a gentleman do. And I'm like, okay, okay. Because be, you know why? Because you don't really hang out with your female friend. <sighs> right. You know. Fair, f- fair point. Fair point. L- right. Like if you think about it, when do you have other female friend that would be like, hey, just. Just carry my bag, like no, you don't. Do you don't have that. Friends, like one or two. I <laughs> one、I'll, or two. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Of course. What I mean is, like, you wouldn't go shopping with them, or like, if they want to go shopping, would they ask you to go shopping with them? No, they would ask their other female friends. Right.、I'll、right. They wouldn't be like. I always、yeah. carry the bag for my mom, so you know it's fine. But you know. Oh, that's so sweet. Then why would you not carry the bag for me then? You're like a bro to me. I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. I am like a bro to you. Yeah, yeah. That exactly. Like... Say it. Yeah. No, you say it. Like, like I'll say like our friendship is really special because like we're really we're really honest to each other. And I like that. One part of the reason why we, you know, stay connected, is because like, like it's hard to find an honest friend that you know. Oh, that's so sweet. I wish you can always be this sweet. 
you're, you're trying to even after info the that pod. I'm not. Even, even after though this podcast, I hope you can always be this sweet. But unfortunately, that's not the case. It's okay though. <laughs> okay. So people may not know, but I'm from Hong Kong and you're from mainland. And mm-hmm. and people think that you know they're similar in some ways, but yeah, they're similar in some ways. We speak, do we? We speak differently. Do we, we speak write, this? Yeah. We write similarly in some ways, but there's actually you know pretty decent amount of difference, and maybe 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 we can talk about that this this podcast. So what do you think that? Yeah, you know, I guess. Like that's the most prominent or like most obvious like what's the difference that you because you, you studied here for a while so you know what's the mm-hmm. difference i guess can you tell me like what's special about hong kong or like what's special about mainland that creates a difference mm. what is special about hong kong mm. hong kong is is more free free as in, um, like people are free to be who they wanna be, and nobody's gonna judge you for it. And everyone has their own lifestyle, and other people respect it. But in mainland, sometimes I feel like that's not the case. You know, like people, cause the social norm. There's like a certain types of social norm. In mainland, that you need to do specific things in specific age, like you're gonna graduate, uh, from high school when you are like seventeen, eighteen, and you're gonna go to college, and then after that, you will graduate on time, like in around twenty one, twenty two years old, and then after that, you better get a, like a master's degree or something, and then after you graduate, you should get a job. Like, I feel like there's a certain social norm in mainland, and that at least that's how it is for me. That I have a specific um expectations to fill in when I reach certain age, but I feel like that is not necessarily common in Hong Kong. I feel like people are free to do whatever they want regardless of the age like you can have gap years during your college and you can explore after you graduate and you can do a master's degree when you're like 40 years old and you can start a new business when you're either 18 or like 30 but then if you do that in mainland that would be considered immature or you started out a new career too late does that make sense? Yeah, I I didn't study for two years and I didn't feel like my like my mom kind of gave me pressure like the second year that I'm not studying, but the first year that I'm not studying, my mom is like, it's okay, you know, you 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 emotional and you can handle stuff, and then and she let me like work a part time job in the company that she knows, like with people that she knows, and then mm-hmm. gradually after that. You know, I but in the end, I have to go back to study. Like the the kind of that's, that's kind of a similarity with with mainland, I guess, in some in the sense that there's still like kind of stereotypes and still kind of fixed expectations, but maybe not as 
maybe not as crazy as mainland. I'm not sure about that. But yeah, it's I I because when you say like you feel like it's easier and it's freer to live in Hong Kong in terms of those stereotypes, I feel like it's the same in Hong Kong. It's just maybe there's more variety of differences comparing families in comparison to like maybe in general like people in mainland have a stronger stereotype or stronger requirements. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like in mainland it's definitely more strict, and um, do you like it? The striction, like the way how they are strict about it. No. Then what do you mean? What what thing do I like? What I mean, do you, you like that to? there's kind of like a pressure or like a I don't know, like requirements or restrictions? Provided by parents, because sometimes that can be a sense of like guidance or like, or, or like it can lead you to something maybe. Because like when when you're living in a place with more freedom, sometimes you can't make choices, or you make bad choices. So do you think that it helps I mean, you to make uh, choices? Okay, that is true. I feel like my parents definitely helped me a lot. During my growth, and I guess I didn't realize I have a choice only after I got into my master's. I didn't realize I have a choice. Okay, your voice. Your mic is like of life to do different things. Is lagging? Is after I got into a oh. master's degree yes, better now? Give me a sec. My mic. Hold on. I think. Um. It's okay now. My Wi-Fi is lagging. It's okay now. Oh, okay. Cool. Because my Wi-Fi is lagging sometimes. Okay, but did you hear what I said before? Not really. Sorry. Okay, I said. It's alright. Um, I said I didn't really realize I have a choice after until I got into my master's degree that I realized, oh, you know, I can actually have different options that I can choose from because before I, I really just followed the path that my parents paved for mm-hmm. me, and I know it's there for my own good. And I'm not like resent resented them for any of it because I actually appreciate the effort they put in. Right. And I actually did have a you know a pretty good um, life life path in front of me. And then I guess yes, freedom does mean you have a chance to make the wrong choices. But who can really determine if you're making a wrong choices? Yeah, I guess you know it's it's really objective about like if this choice is right or wrong. You might like end it up on the street, you know, begging for money or something. But I don't know if you like it. If you like that life, maybe you're making the right choices for yourself. Yeah, you can. You can. That's a fair point. Like it's somehow subjective in some ways. But that's 
there's also a general tendency of like what's better and what's not and I guess well I I also think that you know parents parents how parents educate their kids will will influence mm-hmm. how they subjectively feel about certain jobs or certain career path so if your parents mm-hmm. educate you quote unquote well in like how to become a doctor and make you like the idea of being a doctor, then eventually you mm-hmm. go on and be a doctor. So if a parent makes you like the job or makes you like the way you live, then you you will go on the path and smoothly the you you end you end up be a doctor or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I guess parents do play a role too in your subjective feeling on whether it's something that you like or not. Yeah. What about anything else, like besides jobs, career path, you know? I guess how people are more accepting. Okay. Yeah. Um. Because, okay, this is all just, like, personal feelings, you know? Like, somebody could completely feel the opposite. But for me, I feel like um, I'm uh, more... I I feel like if you do something in Bingland, um, maybe there's going to be people that be disapproving your choices. But I feel like in Hong Kong, people just like really don't give a fuck. Yes, I was trying to say that. Is I was trying to like say it after you say it. Like, but it's like maybe we, maybe it's more like we don't give a f about everything. Like even when I'm talking to my friends, so they're really like critical about certain stuff. But in the end, they're like, do whatever you want. I don't care. Just as long as it doesn't affect me, or doesn't like you know hurts me, then go on. Maybe maybe it's some kind of mixture of like some kind of Western values, like you know freedom of speech or like freedom of ex- expression in some some ways. Mm-hmm. Like you can do whatever you want, mm-hmm. but if you affect me, I'm gonna I'm gonna chase you and kill you. But if you're not gonna affect <laughs> me in any way, I'm not, I'm really not gonna give a fuck. And I'm like, is it a good thing? To a certain degree, it is. But I would say that, like, relatively, like everything affects you in in a relatively huge way, or you know, a, a, a minimum a minimal way. Everything in the end affects you. It's just whether you, how like where's the threshold. That determines whether you do an action or genuinely care about it, and maybe the threshold for people in Hong Kong were kind of low, well, high, high, so that even if it affects them a little bit, they they doesn't really care about it. They just let it go. But mm-hmm. I'll be honest, like I don't want to talk about politics because it's not that safe, but. Politics is like one of the idea that you can see that when they really affects you in some way, 
all the people went crazy and just rushed out and and like rebel or like you know or like you know protest things like that. But and I also realized、mm-hmm. that you can't really protest that much in mainland. But in Hong Kong, like people always protest, so maybe they do care, but they express it in a different way. Maybe I'm not sure. Cause you know, I'm not sure either. People, people do care, but like, it's too much how they express it. But like different kind of care, I guess.、Yeah. I don't know. It's an interesting thing to think about it because,、um, in traditional Chinese culture, if you are having like if you're calling someone a good friend, it would be saying they are thinking out for you. They are trying to tell you what's the best for you, and not like if you are trying to make a for example, if you are going to make a bad decision, they will be stopping you. Be like, hey, I don't think that's the right thing to do. Blah blah blah. Right? That's how, in the traditional sense, how we think a, a caring friend would be. But I feel like because I also have friends in North America, right? Um, I feel like sometimes they would think of a friend that is supporting them and supporting them and agree with their decision is is a is a more I don't know, a quote unquote better friend. For example, if they're gonna make a bad choice, then they would prefer their friend be like, "Hey, I'm here for you. I support your decision one hundred percent. Don't worry about it." Even though they might be making the biggest mistake of their life, but they don't wanna their friend to step in and interfere with their choices. So I I I think in essence, it's kind of like. Um, the individualism in the society because they prefer to stay as an individual and make their own choices and be responsible for it. While in Chinese、um, traditional Chinese culture,、um, it is considered instead of like in individualism, it's more like ah,、uh, what's that word? Like you're being perceived as a whole group. And then,、um, your friend is gonna trying to look out for you. They are trying. They will try to prevent you from make bad decisions. I have friends that done that for me before, and I really appreciate them. And but I don't feel like that's necessarily true because I feel like if I do that for like other friends, that is. Under similar Western culture influence, they would be like, "Oh, please don't interfere with my own choices. Just like be here and support me and whatever." So I feel the definition of being a good friend is perceived very differently through the culture. Yeah, I feel like being a good friend lies somewhere in the middle. You have to have that. Your friends have some kind of freedom, some kind of certain degree of freedom, because some choices are really choices that you can't really you can't really know if those choices are right choices. And in those scenario, you should let them be them. But there are also serious choices that that can affect someone really drastically.
in a good way or a bad way that you can you know make the conscious choice by telling them that it's a good choice or it's always a bad choice and like it's just like the the metaphor like the threshold like exceeding some kind of mm-hmm. threshold you have to help and give critical advice but below the threshold it's okay just let them be them so i feel like sometimes people kind of go both ways towards towards both extremes but in yeah reality, but how to, would you do both yeah i how mean true know? but how would you define the threshold because for me sometimes when i feel like a friend is making a bad choice for example like get back into a toxic relationship or something they really like love them to death and they feel like they cannot live without their significant other but i know for a fact that it is a toxic relationship but i know for a fact if i stepped in then my friend would hate me they were like oh why are you stopping me from happiness you know so how would you exactly define this threshold because obviously different people is different for me if i'm doing that i would need i would love someone that's my friend to stop me and say hey this is not okay don't do this it's gonna be better for you i would need that i would actually appreciate them doing that but i don't know for um some people they might don't want it because you know uh, some people don't take relationship advice well i guess it's like you know like a clinical psychologist will be like i'll try to give you advice and help you make clear about the logic and guide you towards the solution but in the end the conscious choice should be made by the person or the patient so what we can do is to try mm-hmm. to be is first of all be genuine and lay out the logic and but in the end the choices are for them to make not for us to make and as friends we mm-hmm. have the responsibility for us is just to make their responsibility clear and make our responsibility clear by being honest and show them the logic or the, you know the preferable s- s- solution and then you leave the rest to them. Because mm. mm-hmm. if you make the choice for them, if they like, to, if in the end it ends up good, they'll appreciate it. But if it ends up bad, they are not going to appreciate it. They're going to like hate you. They're really going to hate you. Yeah. And even if it <laughs> ends up good, it doesn't feel like it's their responsibility because, you know, they flow, they flow the question to you and you provide the solution and help them do it. And what, what, what can they learn in all of this? They can learn nothing. They just learn to like rely on someone or to you know hate someone if, it's, if it ends up bad. So it's tricky, mm-hmm. yeah. It's a tricky thing to like help. But what I would do is that I'll, like, you know, I have a friend that, that that smokes and drinks a lot and I tell them that you know the logic or like the biological fact that you know if you smoke you most likely get heart attacks or lung cancer blah 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 
but I won't, I won't, I won't go up and pick up the cigarette and tear it into pieces. I, it's not my responsibility. My responsibility is to make things clear and provide my, you know, my suggestions. And in a world with this, you know, with so many religions, beliefs, belief systems, mm-hmm. you have to be kind of a little bit, little humble when when you um, when you're acting out your principles or your belief. And you just make sure that your voice is being heard, and that's the ultimate goal. And beyond that, leave it to you know God, universe, or the other person to do it. Yeah, and leave the other person's judgment. Yeah, let that's them, fair. I think that's cool. Let them make the choice. Yeah, and, but and that's why I appreciate our friendship. You know, we honest and we give to advice to each other that's and I like that oh thank you awesome I won't talk to you at all you know but like you're really honest and I just like going back to the back thing I like that you're honest about you're a gentleman you should be carrying my bag I'm like right okay I'll do it I like the way that you're being really straightforward I'm like that's good (laughs) I like it I actually like it a bit I just don't like the fact that I've, I'll get tired <laughs> a little bit. Anyway. Yeah, you'll get tired, but I just don't give a fuck. Yeah, let's go. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> Why are you going to make me like, like, sounds like a bad, bad person? No. I'm no, honestly like person. so nice. You're so nice, yeah. You're nice. I'm honestly a nice person. <laughs> just sometimes I, I act crazy. Sometimes. Yeah, just like sometimes, not like all the time. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like our friendship is established on a weird common understanding. And um, I do appreciate too. I do appreciate it. The fact that you always give me very straightforward advice and me not listening to them at all is kind of funny. Well, you know, everyone believes in in something that they believe in. So Yeah. You can't really you you can try to change someone, but in the end the final choice is theirs to make. I kinda of learned it from I kind of, I think I'm um, learning from my past relationship, I guess, with, 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 you know, with my ex or something. I realized that even if you're trying to change yeah. someone, if, if they believe in it, they'll stick with it. If, if they don't, you know, when you leave the relationship and look carefully, you know how much they will change, and are they changing in a way that you tell them not to do, or in a way that you tell or in a way that you tell them that's all right, you know. And and I I feel like the relationship that I had before got me realize that mm-hmm. some something can be changed or something or the final choice must be made by the other person him himself or herself. And so I I kind of let it go. I kind of like 
I have really crazy friends. I'm not. I'm not saying you. I'm saying like, I got really <laughs> crazy. <laughs> okay. If oh my god. If 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 if, if. we're thinking about this rationally. Okay. If we're thinking about this, yeah, you're not crazy. You're not crazy. I'm literally like the most normal friend you would ever have. That is being very honest with you. You're right. Yeah. I'm, okay. I'm like compared that... to your crazy friend, I'm actually pretty normal and nice. Just I'm just brutally honest about how I feel and think. Right. 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 Okay, continue. <laughs> yeah, like the more people I met, the more I realized that like people construct the world with you know different ideas. You can, if you're trying to change some something, it's probably kind of fixated by other beliefs or other thoughts. It's really hard to like to immediately change someone. Or to like drastically change someone, unless there's not really a way to do it. To be honest, I I believe. So be okay, but I would like to add that it is hard or nearly impossible to change someone because it is really hard to change yourself to begin with. Yeah. So. How are you going to expect to be able to change another person when you can hardly change yourself? I think that's like unrealistic to expect you have the power to actually change someone. Since if you think about it, if like for example, if you're in a relationship and you're Your partner are telling you some parts of you that she think you should change. Would you just accept and be like, "Yeah, sure, I will, I will change," or would you rather be like, "But this is who I am. You should accept me for who I am. That's why we're together. We're together because we like each other, not because I need to fit into this version of me in order to be liked." So vice versa. Even though she might have some um things that you don't like about her, but maybe in her opinion, you're just trying to change her in a way that you would like, and she probably doesn't like that. Right. So it takes time and it takes effort to change someone. So the best thing you can do,、mm-hmm. but like you say it's hard to change yourself. But I think the best thing you can do is to really change yourself. And to prove to others that your ideas, your thoughts, your belief works, and then, and you know, do you what you do what you're responsible for. You know, telling others, give them advice, and beyond that, beyond cha- changing yourself and improving yourself and giving out genuine responses and advice, there's not really any, anything else that you can do. Can, and then you can just let it be、mm-hmm. and let it, yeah. And I'm learning. I'm really learning these few years to really let things be. Because it's oh, you do. Yeah, I do. I I do really like try to learn that. Like, I guess in the past I'm way more crazier and 
and I always want to like force myself to meet someone. No, I, you, you, I, like, it's, I before, wouldn't. It's before you know me, I guess. I'm really trying to like force my ideas on someone, and now I'm like, I'll state my ideas and my belief, and this are the evidence that I found. And then I'll, instead of saying that you should believe in what I believe, I'll say, "What do you think?" Something like that. I think that's a very solid improvement. Yeah. And yeah, and you you are less annoying because of that. <laughs> Great. But also, I think, um. I feel like I used to be someone that would impose my ideal to other people as well, and I don't really feel bad about it.、Either. That's the crazy part: is that you don't even think you're doing the wrong thing. I like even now when I'm talking about my ideas to someone, like really excited, really excited. I'm really excited about it. And like I won't feel guilty because you know, like, like it's the choice. Yeah. So so I'm like being an asshole in some ways. Like it's your choice. I'm not gonna help you. I'm just gonna say what's right. Blah blah blah. And then if you're not gonna do it,、mm, your choice. If you can flourish by not listening to me, good for you. If you. If your situation got worse because you didn't listen,、um, maybe I'll give you the same advice again and see if you change. You know, but、mm-hmm. because it's not my responsibility anymore, I kind of like alleviate, alleviate. I kind of like you know extract the responsibility from me, or let them care for themselves, and I feel a lot、yeah. more relieved. So it's that that you shouldn't feel guilty about it, like like if you if you're doing what I'm doing right now, if you're forcing beliefs on someone and they failed, maybe a little bit guilty, I guess. But but yeah, I'm trying not to be guilty, and I think that you're doing the same. Too. Yeah, I'm trying not to feel guilty too. Sometimes I regret not taking my friend's advice. To be honest,、mm-hmm. and then that's you know, that's where your responsibility start to you know, start to like take place because you know that is your responsibility. You're responsible for your choice, and that's okay. Because if you don't feel guilty, how can you make sure that you, you know, how can you make sure that you know what's the right path? You have you have a mechanism to feel sad, to feel guilty, to feel regret, so that you know what's right, and then move on to you know, flourishing. Mhm. So that's true. That's very true. Like, there's the. There's a man that said, "Like memory is not for you to reminisce about the past, but it's for you to construct your future, so you can look at it in like more about in a more optimistic or more like 
learning learning for manner, so that you're actually using your past, your regrets, your your sadness to know more and act better, instead of thinking about it as you know, I I'm I regret about this, and I'm gonna think about it, bring regret about it for days and days, you know. Yeah. Yes, that's true. But yeah, you shouldn't be feeling regretful for some of the choices you already make because, after all, you're responsible for making that choice. And then, right? You know, tell yourself to you know get over it and move on. Bro, if only life is that easy. If only life is that easy, I wouldn't leave. Like I wouldn't like look back and be like, "Oh, I wish I did that." Sometimes it's easier saying say. than do so. Yeah, it's really I, easy to say. Yeah, just like someone with mental disorder, they keep on, you know, thinking about the past or you know, feeling depressed about it, and trap themselves inside that tiny little. Circle and and just you know think about it all day long, but yeah. if they go out and maybe like do gym, do sports, like actively do something else, like trying to look look for it, maybe they'll help. But you know, I agree. It's it, it's still hard to do. You know, when you're sad, how can you stop your mood from from affecting your actions? And really, like you know, move on. Sometimes I believe that actions is a good way to guide your mood because your mood affect your actions, but your actions also guide your mood. So sometimes I believe that you know to move on, you really have to you know go like do something else. But but to kind of extract the mood out of your actions and really push push on, like. Like continuously do something else. It's a really hard thing to do in the first place. So people are making it sound like it's easy. Is it? It's not really. I have another question. Yeah. How would you determine when it is okay to step in a relationship and when you should get out of a relationship? I'm not an expert on this. <laughs> uh, right, it's okay. I'm but, not either. No, but I guess I guess honesty. I guess opinions. Yeah, I guess honesty is like a really important way of looking at it. Like I always say, like a man is seeking truth for survival. And your partner or your couple is still trying to help you. Is trying to help you like determine, not determine, help you, have you learn more about the truth? Have you in? Oh God, come on, just just a phone call. Um, a partner, a partner should help you learn more about reality or the objective truth, so that you can survive better. So it's like two persons helping each other out. 
And if you feel like the person is not really helping you, then maybe you should, you know. Hmm. But I don't really、mm. recommend people to like abandon others. I feel like everyone can change. But in the same time, I know that to to help others. Or, or, To help others, it takes a lot of effort and lots of you know danger. I'll say because because you don't、mm-hmm. want to get hurt. Exactly. So that's why I would、so、say look, I always tell people you should find someone that really, really, really matches your value. Like I want to exact, like like if you're a Christian, find a like you know. In the Bible, they say that a Christian should be finding someone that believes in the same. So, so part of it is because you know when you change someone, if they're so different, such a, so different from you, you can't really change them easily. But if they're really similar to you,、mm-hmm. you only have to change a little bit. You only have to change them、mm-hmm. or others a little bit. So that's like one of the reasons. But the other reason is that if your worldviews are so different, how can you communicate together? And combine your worldviews to seek the truth, or the you know the objective reality. So, to me, you have to kind of like make this make your standards high, really really high, and then stick with the person that the standard leads you to. So I'm、mm. not gonna talk about whether when I should when I should decide to leave, but I I want to talk about. When I should decide to join in the relationship, get because that's the more more important part. Because like leaving the relationship sometimes is hurting others, and it's and it's not really. I won't say healthy, but not really unhealthy. I w- I would say that it's kind of like it, it might hurt others. So, so to not get hurt, you should do. You should make a standard high and make. Mm. Rigid choices in the first place. You won't do it afterwards. You do it before that. Right. And what would you consider the most important、um, characteristics, other than being, other than being honest, like genuine, like you shouldn't lie with each other, right? Other than that, and other than have sharing the same value. Yeah. Yeah, like other than that two part, what would you say is the third most important thing you should look at for a partner? To be honest, I think that's enough. Already, kinda. Okay, but but like you remind me of the, like you know, that's a triangle of love. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Give me a second. I'm gonna Google it. It is a、uh, passion, intimacy, and commitment. Yeah, and like, then people will say, like you know, you you need you need intimacy, and you know, you need passion. I'm like, yeah, it may exist, may may exist somewhere in the beginning of the relationship, but after you grow old, it kind of all eyes on commitment. True, I would have to agree with you. Yeah, 
So, and if you commit with each other, you spend more time in communicating, and you have intimacy. And I guess the passion kind of comes with the commitment too. If you're committed, you like. I won't say. Will you be passionate if you, if you are committed? I feel like they're somehow connected. But I believe that the most important element should be commitment, because you know, a lot of the liking, the, the passion won't really last. Too much, but but the responsibility and the honesty, the the responsibility that that builds with commitment will make things last. So, and and you know you you won't expect your future spouse to be you know as pretty as like as pretty as they they are in the twenties when they're in the sixties. Mm-hmm, so. Mm-hmm. Basically, a、uh, commitment, but commitment is based on you know honesty and worldview. And if you're honest, and if your worldview actually, when you have a similar worldview, it's already hard. How how to like how to make you like not trust each other? Because you know it's hard to find someone that believes similarly. So you you most probably stick with it. But maybe I'll, you know, that's what I'm thinking right now. But maybe it'll change in the future. Maybe if I learn more. But I really、mm-hmm. emphasize on like commitment. I see. So you don't really. Um. How would、mm-hmm. I describe it? So you don't really focus on the appearance or the personality. The similar world will include personality. Well, is it because yeah, you no, can no, share no, the similar、really. world? Yeah. So I feel like you can share the similar world with you, but you you would have like really really different personality. Because I feel like our personality is quite different, but we kind of like share the similar. Real. That's why we can still be talking. Cause if we're sharing different values, or like, like you know, if we're sharing on、um, very different values, then how can we be talking? Cause you would just be like, okay, this woman is crazy, or I'd be like, this guy is crazy, right?、Yeah. But we have very different personalities, so I would say. I think personality for me is like the, um, I don't know. For me, personality is more important than commitment. Well, I guess you can. I guess you can also put.、Uh, I can also put personality as like the the third, the third important criteria. But like, if you talk about appearance. Like,、mm-hmm. I like I have a lower. St- I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I have a lower standard for Christian girls in terms of appearance. 
I genuinely do. Mm. Because I, because mm -hmm. like to me, if I'm knowing someone that's non Christian and I have to make sure that their ideas and values are similar to mine, I have to pay a lot of effort to try to change her, and it's hard, you know. I won't say change her, but like, you know, to suggest what's better to her and trying to, you know, make her belief in the same, then it would be a lot harder comparing to a Christian girl that already have similar values mm -hmm. like mine. So, yeah, actually, when when I'm, like, I still use dating apps, although I know it's not a good, not a good way of knowing girls, but... Oh my god! I've been telling you forever. Stop using dating apps, cause no, if no normal, no good Christian girls would would use dating apps. If you think about it, yeah. Which which suggests you're not a good Christian. No, guy. no, no. But anyway, well, I I went to like my university's Christian fellowship. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And that's a really funny phenomenon. We were eating like, like, we can like I don't know like, what like like some chicken, something like that. And then there's a girl in front of me telling the telling people in the table that, oh, I never have a boyfriend. I want a boyfriend. Like she believes in you know, Christianity. And then there's a boy right. next to me, like you know, telling me that telling me and others that, oh, I don't have a girlfriend. I want a girlfriend. And then I looked at them both, and I'm like, one the girl is sitting in in front of me, and the boy is sitting next to me, both talking about similar topics, but they're not, they they're, they're not, they're not looking at each other and considering yeah. that, you know, the other person has to you know. As a, as, as a, a potential, choice, as a potential, you know, target, and I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, what are you doing? I think that's normal. Maybe because they're just not each other's type, you know. Yeah, maybe, but uh, you but just I think that's weird that. Yeah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> it's actually kind of weird. I know that maybe like they don't have like feelings or like or any like I don't know. Maybe they don't like really. What what don't they like? Those 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 two person is kind of you know ah uh, they can they they're both okay. I I don't know what's the reason. Uh... Maybe they don't have the chemistry. Like you said, you know, you always tell me that they need chemistry, but yes. How would you? How would you fall in love with someone if you don't have chemistry? If you don't have chemistry, how would you have commitment? You wouldn't have commitment to somebody you don't like, right? Yeah, but I also think that you know, like, chemistry can kind of build up. During a relationship, or like you know, during you during you being committed, so um, I don't know. Yeah, maybe you're right. I 
Like, because you put I mean, chemistry yeah. before the whole relationship. I think the chemistry can happen in mm-hmm. different stages. Yes, I agree. Yes, the chemistry can happen in different stages. But the thing is, if you don't have one chemistry, like the spark in the beginning, how would you build it afterwards? You know, that's my thinking on that. Okay. Like, if you don't have something to begin with, how can you build it? Because I was thinking about, you know, the blind dates arranged by parents and arranged marriage. I'm thinking about whether, like, how can they stick with the marriage? Is it because of religion? Or did they create chemistry during the commitment? Like, during, after the commitment? Yeah, that's... Um, I think it's the later one. They build commitment during doing that. And also they're forced yeah. to build one. Yeah. Who like, who, I don't know. Are you gonna, do you think you will be entering a, uh, um, a arranged marriage? Do you think that's gonna happen to you? I don't think so. Okay, then if in that case... Would you think you would be okay to build a commitment with some Christian girl you never met? AKA kind of like blind arranged marriage. Did I know how she look? You don't. Oh, but no. you know she's no, some, you but you but but and you okay, but the thing is you said yourself you don't really care about the looks. Yeah, like I have a lower threshold, a higher lower threshold, but I still have a threshold. Okay. (laughs) You're so funny. You're like, I still have a threshold. (laughs) Okay, that's fair. Okay, okay, the girl, okay, if you think about it, the girl is arranged by your your parents. Mm -hmm. So I don't think they were likely to find you a. You know, a girl that you wouldn't be able to accept. Mm -hmm. So in that case, would you consider building a commitment with that girl? If they're not really finding a girl that I hate, like like not hate, like like who I really dislike in terms of appearance, I think it's okay, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, for you... So see, you still need chemistry. Otherwise, it would be hard even for you to be yeah. like, yeah, I'm so right. done. I'm totally, totally down to marry her, even though it's a girl I never met. Okay. You're f- yeah, that proves right. my point. Chemistry is very much needed. Yes, it can be small chemistry, but it needs chemistry. Yeah, I I believe that it can happen some sometime during the marriage or like you know before the marriage, but I but I'm not saying that it should happen. Hmm. Mm. Like I'm thinking, if you met a girl who is also a Christian and similar values, but like would that be natural chemistry that you know 
naturally builds up because you know you guys have similar values and you're you're already considered her mating or is there really a case that you know there'll be no chemistry look I feel like if the appearance is okay you know according to my standard it's okay and they have similar world values I'm already interested and the girl might be already interested I kind of like it's like a combined thing, you know. It's not really like if the, if you met the criteria, you would naturally be interested in that person, and then chemistry will happen later on. Hmm. Hmm. Yes, I agree. But you know. You know how hard it is for people nowadays to find a person that is met. First of all, met their threshold, because you need to meet that threshold in order to be attracted, right? And then they would uh, uh, preferably share the similar word view and preferably being able emotionally available to start a relationship and then have a nice enough personality that you can at least endure and then mutually attractive like attracted to each other you know how hard that is nowadays i mean it's hard to do that but it's like it's easy to find a girlfriend, but it's easy to but it's hard to find a girlfriend that matches the criteria that you just mentioned. Like my friends are not listening to my my, my advice or what I suggest mm-hmm. about you know similar value or like you know must be a Christian or something like that. They mm-hmm. approach girls and you know, and then be their boyfriend and and you know continue to you know do whatever they like. They are not. They're not doing what I told them to. So, but, but I believe that that's just delaying the problem. So, if you solve the problem in the beginning by raising a standard, you're not going to solve the potential breakup by dealing with it later. So, so it's mm-hmm. more like, you know, a relationship is obviously going to be hard. But the question is whether you want to be, whether you want it to be hard in the first place. Or in the middle, or even in the end. Yeah, it, it's mm-hmm. it's hard to start, to end, or to you know, it's it's hard for every single relationship. So, yeah, it's more like it's your choice to you know, pick and choose, choose your poison. Honestly, choose your poison. But I honestly find that hard. Yeah. Because, again, the it's it, it is back to the theory where is like how would you know? Like how would you know your choice is right? Maybe you're thinking, oh my god, this person is is like the love of my life, right? And then the next day, it's like, no, it's not. It's actually just your own delusion. Have you heard about 
like what love is to some people. Like someone said that it's like when you when you have a one night stand with someone and then you wake up in the morning and he or she cook you food. That's mm-hmm. not love. He probably wants to fuck you again, or she. You know. Ew. Like today, being honest, like, but if someone sleeps with you for every single day for like a few years and then he wakes he or she wakes up and before you and cook you breakfast like Mm -hmm. every day is that love Mm -hmm. like you have this uh, time is not the like it's not it's not like after years it will it, it will be love but it's more like the commitment that makes it love so you can't like Love in the early few months, those are more like liking or passion. But if you talk about like true love, it's like despite the circumstance, or despite you know, like like despite being, despite it being hard to to wake up early in the morning and cook your breakfast, I still do so by wake up early in the morning and cook your breakfast. So mm-hmm. that's so. Love is maybe love is like. Love is not not exactly a feeling like passion, but it's more like uh, like it should be. It should be more like a recognition of like of of your effort or your commitment. Like, of of course, like when I talk about love, I'm not talking about like if you spend so many years together, it's love, because because a mother can can risk her life to save her early born child. Which just happens in maybe a few months, and mm-hmm. that's already called mm-hmm. love. So no, it's not not about time. It's more about the effort, and you know how, how committed. You I are. think it's more about the effort compared to this person's threshold. For example, I have like a hundred dollars, and I'm willing to give you ten dollars. And you think ten dollars a lot, but you don't know I have a hundred dollars. But another person give you only eight dollars, but they only have ten dollars. So who would you think loves you more? Obviously, the one that gives you eight dollars because they only have ten to give to begin with, right? So if we're going back to the the example you're talking about, if you're having a one night stand. And the person cooks your breakfast. Yes, they may only just trying to fuck you again. But also, maybe they just really fell in love with you and they're trying to make you a breakfast that they never even made, even for their parents. And you know? On the count... Effort. Like, maybe that's a flint. Maybe that's... Uh, maybe after that breakfast, they fuck again and they never meet each other. But at that point... Maybe that person genuinely is loving the other person because they are giving, basically they are giving the most they can give, right? So if I give you, if I only have $10, but I'm willing to give you more than half of it, you would consider that as me making an effort, right? Maybe the portion of my half isn't as much as the person that have a hundred dollars or a thousand. They would give you the same. I can give you six dollars and they will give you, I don't know, a hundred dollars. 
But a hundred dollars for a thousand dollar people is only ten percent. But for me, it's my sixty percent. So for me, yes, it's not about the time, but it's more about the relative effort you are willing to put. And I heard of this theory online. It said how to determine if your partner loves you or not is to see what, um. What their scares, they give you the most. So, for example, if a person is poor, but they are willing to give you their money, or for example, the person is very busy, but they are willing to spend their weekend or their weekdays with you. So they only have so little money slash time, but they are willing to use the scared resources on you, and that definitely means something. That means they think you are a person worth. Of their scared resources, so that means, you know, implies that you're important enough for them to make that decision and make that effort for you. Does that make sense? Yeah, like in the Bible, yeah, like, that like a woman or something that donates a really tiny amount of money, but that's almost that's most that's almost all she had, and and then Jesus said that that's、uh, you know. That's really valuable, or like even more valuable than the rich person that gave another amount of like another large amount of money. And that's a fair point. But also in, but also you also have to recognize that that even even the proportion, even there's a relative portion determines the effort to some extent. There's like the effort that. A rich person who have like you know, rich like more resources gave should not be undermined, un undermined like should not be looked down on. Just because you know, it is,、mm -hmm. it's relatively little compared to what he have. Because like you know, like you know people in people spending like. Millions of dollars on charity, even though they have way way more money than that, but that money actually actually literally help a lot of people. So you're right in sense of like a mental effort or mental consequences, but you also have to recognize that the amount of money, the literal amount of money that someone gives. Also have a different impact, but but I'll say that you know,、mm. if you have scarce resources and you still give, mentally you're really paying more effort, mentally, but like, but in reality, like the amount of money that they give still kind of matches to some degree, it's it just different parameters, I guess. Like, mm -hmm. like in one parameter is like you know the mental, mental resources, and the other parameter is the literal resource, you know. Like both both plays a role and both have a fair share in determining your effort, but yeah, like I'm not disagreeing. I'm agreeing. I'm just saying that there's more to the more to the perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 
I know what you mean. You're adding on the point. I mean, true. The the effort, regardless, shouldn't be ignored, because you know you don't have to do the effort to begin with, right? You can just live your own life, but instead, you're making at least certain amount of effort to appeal to someone else. So I feel like yes, it should be appreciated and be thanked. Regardless, right? Yeah, and and this kind of love is not only like, no, not only limited to romantic relationships, but also leads to like friendship or like other different relationships. And yeah, just like just like this podcast, this episode, I'm really glad that you spend a lot of time here with me talking about this kind of stuff. And I really appreciate that because mm-hmm. you know you have a, like a scarce time schedule, and you spend you know a, f- a a fair amount of time, but in this podcast and being interviewed by me, mm-hmm. and I really appreciate it. Of course, because I feel like you are a good friend for me, and since you kindly invited me and. You know, I would think you would appreciate my effort as well. So, and I'm glad we're having this conversation because we haven't had like this kind of deep conversation in a while. Mostly because I'm busy, and you're also busy. Yeah. So, thank you for coming. Of I- course, anytime. I guess. Okay, not anytime. Anytime. Do like a two. No, not anytime. <laughs> Okay, uh, like uh, if you're gonna invite me again, do it a week before, five business days before, and then I can arrange my time. I'm busy. Okay. I'm a busy girl. Thank busy you. Busy girl. Okay. Yeah, busy businesswoman. Busy in businesswoman, actually. Bus- business. What? What? Say it again. <laughs> I'm a busy businesswoman. Okay. <laughs> I am. Why are you laughing? <laughs> no, I'm saying like, bro. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so, but anyways, thank you for inviting me. Okay. So if you like this podcast, you can follow me on Spotify, subscribe on YouTube, or maybe even Apple Podcasts. If you like it, please give a like. We'll see you next time. See ya.